Welcome to Education Dream Station. We are Hope and Whitney with Education Dream Station, where we dream big for our students, share the goodness happening in the education world, and explore the infinite possibilities to grow ourselves as educators. Let's just jump right in. Hey, y'all. We are so happy uh, to be back with you. We would just want to kind of give you a little um, glimpse into what we've been doing the last couple of weeks and why we haven't had a podcast episode um, like we were wanting to. We were expecting to have one right after our first one, but um, we have been in the throes of the COVID world, as many of you are in, and we um we're just we're just coming off of some virtual weeks and going into getting back to kind of more of a normal um, schedule and routine at our school. And so um, with all that, we've been working on all kinds of different things. And um, the podcast just hasn't been in the forefront of our minds. It's always been on our minds, but not at the forefront of what we could do with the time that we had at that time. So we are super excited about getting back to a regular schedule. And Whitney and I have some great um, conversation pieces for you today to talk about um, getting to know the readers in your classroom. Yes, and it feels so good to be back to a little bit of normal. Um, the last few weeks have been fast and furious, so I'm sure so many of you have been living the same thing. Um, one thing that keeps happening, though, is we keep going back to how important it is for us to truly know our readers and to build in times to boost engagement and volume and how when we do that, it truly can set them in the, on the right path for growth in reading and writing, too. So we're going to talk to you a little bit about that today. It's one of our passions for sure. Absolutely. And I think you'll hear the passion as we talk. We hope you will. But um, this is a topic that Whitney and I talk about constantly. And one thing that we know about this is we as we work with students across all grade levels in elementary school um, and really beyond, as we look at our fifth graders who transition to middle school, this is something that affects kindergartners all the way through fifth graders and beyond. And so it's one of those things where it's really applicable to every single grade um, and every single reader, no matter if they're a thriving reader or a striving reader or, you know, a child who falls in the middle. Um, and it's just so valuable to know your readers um, in your classroom um, and knowing you know, what they like, what they um, are interested in, what their hobbies are, um, because it's really important to match them up with books that you have in your classroom that are going to be part of their um, something that they're interested in or that they know about. Because a lot of times, um, just kind of the way we think is we look at what students don't know instead of looking at their ass, like kind of that asset based thinking, looking what they already know and what they love and what they're passionate about and kind of taking a jump start from that point before we start introducing new topics or new things, um, or new books that might not be as a, you know, important to them or as engaging to them. And um, we always kind of want to start from a place where they are engaged because that shows them that we're interested in them and we're invested in them and what they love and what they know. Well, and I think that when we do find books that they are f familiar with the topics, they are just more successful from the get go because they have that connection. And, um, you know, that reminds me so much about 
um, the work around kids, knowing kids and what they know so that they could use their schema to apply to these tricky words and these these books that might otherwise feel too hard. Um, so when you really know your readers and you can match them up like that, you can set them on the success path. And that's what we need to do to boost confidence and to keep that stamina going during read to self time or independent reading time. They need to feel successful and engaged. And, you know, that also helps them to be able to visualize. So then we get into comprehension. I mean, kids understand more whenever they're reading about something they can connect to. And so that's an automatic engagement booster right there, too. Um, A part of that, though, is tricky because each year your group of students change. And that really means that you need to keep a close eye on your classroom library and make sure that you are curating that um, periodically and updating it so that you do have books in your library that kids can connect to. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. We just had a meeting today that was talking about, um, you know, just talking about what we're doing as a school with readers and kind of where we feel like we might have areas of growth or things that we're doing every day, routinely, all the time. And one of the topics that came up with um, teachers from across all grade levels at our school was making sure that we have books in our classrooms that are culturally relevant to students. Um, And Whitney and I talk about this a lot, that it's so important for our children to see themselves inside of books. Um, and making sure that your classroom library has books with all different um, types of kids shown, all different types of families, um, different you know skin colors, different nationalities, different cultures. It's just so important for you know all of our kids to be able to have the opportunity to say, "Oh yeah, this child's a lot like me," or you know they do things the way my family does, because that offers them that connection piece, and it also shows our readers that we value them and we value the the culture they're coming from and who they are as people. Yeah. And, you know, Lester Lamanac talks about that when he references that as, you know, seeing books as a mirror that you can read and see yourself in or a window where you can look and empathize with others and see others um, in those, in those places that the characters are in. So, you know, when you are doing that work of, choosing these intentional texts for your library, that's just something really important to think about and to talk to your kids about it. I saw a neat post on Twitter the other day um, where the teacher did a mini lesson about that and read a book, uh, My Name is Yoon, and the kids actually responded and, you know, made that connection on a sticky note. This book was a mirror for me. This book was um, a window for me. And just helping kids scaffolding that through read aloud and then them being able to do it themselves when they pick up a book, that's going to hook them as readers um, at a young age. That's right. And Whitney, I believe when they, when we say that children see each other, you know, they see it as a mirror. That means that they're seeing it like they see themselves inside the book, right? Yes. Yes. Did I say that? I might've said that wrong. No, that's fine. And then when they have a window, they, um, you know, are seeing others through that perspective. So, um, The other thing that we were talking about, like Whitney was saying, how important it is for the classroom library collection, Um, you know, just knowing what kind of books you have in your classroom. And I know there's been a big push, I would say, over the last, you know, decade um, for classroom libraries to be, um, I guess, you know, 
organized in a way that it's mostly like level text, which is, you know, there's importance to that. Um, but there also needs to be, you know, baskets of books by themes and interests. And, you know, if you have students in your classroom who are really fascinated um, with animals or sports or um, different places around the world, you know, having baskets that have books within there that, you know, that they can go choose from um, according to their interests is, in my opinion, just as important as if not as, you know, more important than looking for a book that's on their text level. Um, Because we don't want readers to look at themselves as a level. We want them to look at themselves as readers and and readers that enjoy nonfiction books or fiction books or animal books or, you know, historical fiction, you know, all those things that we would describe ourselves as adults as readers um, and things that we like. And one kind of rule of thumb that I really have always kept over the years is when I'm thinking about um, children in my classroom and thinking about myself, when I am thinking about choosing a new book, um, I would much rather someone like Whitney, who is a trusted friend who knows me well, who knows all the things that I love, um, to choose a book. She might recommend a book and say, hey, hope I really think you would like this book rather than someone that I meet on the street corner who says, hey, this is a great book. Why don't you read this? Um, I might look at it, but I'm not going to go, oh, yeah, like, let me go check this book out. But when Whitney, someone who knows me really well, um, says, hey, I really think you would like this book. I am going to lean into that recommendation so much faster and so much better than I would someone who doesn't know me. And so um, when you're thinking about the children in your classroom, like really taking time, especially now at the beginning of the year, to truly get to know who they are and what they love. Because as you start recommending books to them and they're going, oh my goodness, like she, she did listen to me or she did read that survey that I took on, you know, Google surveys, or, you know, she did remember that conversation that we had at recess where I told her that I love, you know, dogs and my family's thinking about getting, you know, a new dog. And so she picked out a book about specifically about a family who was getting a new puppy, you know, um, it all of a sudden pulls that trust level up for a child where they're now now going to buy into whatever you're recommending for them. Yeah. In fact, you know, I just experienced this the other day with a student, a fourth grader. Um, she's in one of my small groups and she mentioned that she babysits sometimes her little cousin and so um, I was racking my brain trying to think of things that she would love. And so I brought in some of the new Babysitter's Club graphic novels and her face lit up that connection right away. So I think you're so right when you say that, like when there's a relationship there and the teacher remembers little details about you and then makes that connection to recommend a book, that's powerful. But, you know, teachers aren't the only ones in the building that can do that. I think there are service providers that can do that. Related arts teachers can do that. Um, ad, admin can do that whenever they get around and, and get to know students. I mean, maybe they want to recommend some books to, to classes. I know our principal comes and reads to classes sometimes. And sometimes his book choices have a connection to him, you know, and it lets the kids feel connected to him. And then all the kids want to rush to get it um, after that. So I just think that relationship and connection is so important. Absolutely. Yeah, I love the idea that you said that, you know, really anybody within the school could recommend books. Um, And I think there's a lot of value in that. um, Because I do think it makes like I saw a child walking out of the library today. 
And he was showing me that he had chosen out of his three books, he had two drawing books and then a book about um, baseball, I believe. And so as we were walking down the hall, we were just kind of talking about, you know, what he loved and why he picked those books and how excited he was to take them home. And so instantly my brain goes, oh, okay, so he loves to draw. He loves sports, especially baseball. It's probably baseball season right now. Um, so he's probably playing some kind of fall ball, you know. And so in my head, I'm thinking, wow, I could think of all kinds of different books that I could recommend to him. And um, and so as you're getting to know students, not only in your classroom, it might be great to know some students who maybe are in a partner teacher's classroom where you could recommend. Because, again, it kind of like builds that love and builds that engagement piece going, oh, wow, like everybody in my school like is getting to know who I am, you know, and they value my, what I love and and who I am and where I come from and my interest. And so I think that is, um, that's amazing. And I've, I've also seen some schools where they do like book recommendations um, where students write book recommendations and they put a picture of the outside cover. So it's easy for students to have that visual of what the um, book looks like. And then um, they a lot of times they'll also have not only the call number that they might find it in the library, but it might actually say like, go look on shelf, you know, um, seven in the library, you know, and so the, the child knows next time exactly where to go find that book. And so it might be a child in another grade level that they know that might ride their bus that recommended this book, it might be um, a neighbor, it might be someone on their baseball team. So that's another way to really encourage um you know, students to find books that are interesting to them and also engaging. Well, and what you just said made me think today or think about a conversation today that we had in that meeting where one of the teachers brought up um, something we used to do prior to COVID where we had book buddies and we paired classrooms with each other. And um, like once every couple weeks, they the book buddies would meet up and uh, they would share one or two books with each other, but also have some time to talk about the books and that relationship that they were building across the building with kids in other grades was great. It was almost like they had a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, the younger kids had a mentor there, but then it, it boosted the confidence of the older kids too, because they were getting to know these younger readers and they felt like they were able to help them. So maybe that that might be something we want to take a look at again getting those book buddies back up and going. Absolutely. That was one of my favorite things. Um, When I was a classroom teacher, I always did book buddies every year. And most of the time, since I taught second grade, um, the teacher I was teamed with was from an older grade. And I loved when our kids would walk in the door of that classroom. And I mean, just all of a sudden, there was just this buzz in the air. You know, the kids were so excited to see what their book buddy had picked out just for them. And we would always do like a little interest inventory towards the beginning of the year to let um, each child know the other child, you know, and kind of um, say, hey, these are these are things I like. You know, these are maybe some book series that I've picked up on that I enjoy. Um, and so they were able to take those things and then they went and helped pick out books um, for their book buddy, which I thought was really cool. So it kind of put, you know, the responsibility in um, those students' hands too, to show that I'm taking interest in you, you know? Right. Well, and I feel like in the time that we are in today, like kids know about Amazon and they know about being able to quickly um, put something in a cart you know, so I wonder if that's something that we partner with our librarian. She's great. And um, we we get like a, 
a book board going where kids who are hearing about books, but maybe we don't have enough of them. They're, they keep going to check one out and it's always checked out, or maybe they've heard about another one, but we don't have it. There's some kind of board where they can put them in the cart and our librarian can order those um, when she gets funding in. That way we're, we're building relationships with kids by showing them that we heard you and we're going to get what you want, you know, Absolutely. if we can in your hands. I think that would be neat. I think that'd be really neat. Um, the other thing that made me think of when you were talking about the book buddy thing is something that I think we have, it's been kind of a hot topic, I would say over the last um, 18 months is because of the world that we have had to shift into, um, which is virtual, you know, and, and we're getting back to face to face, but still so much of what our kids are doing right now is virtual. And what I've noticed is kids right now, more than any other time I've ever been around children, they are craving connection and they're craving like that face-to-face connection, you know, because they're, they're on their devices a lot. They're, you know, after school, they're on their tablets, you know, um, they're probably connecting with family members through FaceTime instead of face-to-face, going to visit their grandparents, you know, things like that. And so anytime we can offer students an opportunity to connect with someone face-to-face is so important. And just to have those conversations um, with other students in your classroom or with other students across the school or with administrators or with the librarian or, or with you in the classroom as a teacher, um, or with an interventionist like that. I think those, those conversations are so meaningful right now and so powerful um, that again, it goes back to like, I feel heard, I, I feel seen, I feel known. And when children feel that way, they have a le- you know, a new level of trust. Um, and for, and we all know for children to be able to grow, they have to um, feel safe. And trust leads to feeling safe. And so for them, for us to push them to the next level or, you know, offer them a new strategy to try, they have to feel safe. So they have to have all the things we've been talking about, feeling known, feeling seen, feeling heard, and and feeling like they're around a group of people who they can trust. You know, you are so right in that. And one answer we talked about on an inventory that I got from one of my fourth graders, um, the answer would break your heart because mm-hmm. the question was, well, first she had to rate how she felt about reading, but then, so she chose the emoji in the middle. So she felt so, so about reading, but then it said, why did you choose that? And she said, I'm scared I'm, or I'm nervous. I'm going to get a word wrong. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you read that, and this was at the very beginning of the school year, she took that. So no classroom community had been established, you know, yet for mm-hmm. her. But just knowing that, you know, that's how she felt, that child and so many others probably truly need those relationships to be strong and trusting in those classrooms so that they can take risks. Because, you know, if that's on their mind and especially for our older readers, I think they start to realize whenever, you know, things are getting hard and maybe they're a little bit different or slower at a book than other kids. So, you know building those relationships, creating that trusting environment, giving them access to books that they can access and that will engage them. That's your ticket to growing your relationship. Absolutely. Um, And I'm super excited about um, one of the topics that we have coming up for our next podcast um, is going to be about a program that we're starting this year with our tier three students in fourth and fifth grade. 
and it's called Bookmatch Plus. Um, and it ultimately is all of this combined um, into a new program to build engagement and build reading volume and um, really hoping to put um, students who are struggling readers in those upper grades to really put books in their hands that they actually fall in love with, which hopefully will in turn build their confidence um, and make them start, you know, hopefully reading more and more and more. So I'll let Whitney kind of talk to y'all a little bit about that. Yes, we are very excited about getting Bookmatch Plus started. Um, I'll just give a, a quick little reference to where we got the idea, if you're curious. But in the book, um, Intervention Reinvention is an idea to boost engagement. And um, it's by implementing Bookmatch Plus with your, your students at your school. It doesn't have to be with all of them. But it's not just giving them books that you think that they like. It's truly tuning in to how they're reacting to the text, um, if they do like what you're supplying them with or not. So it's a process that um, you can't just give them the books and leave it. Like we're going to be talking about how we're going to follow up with the readers. And um, it's laid out nicely in that book if you want to check it out. But I can't wait to see the faces on the kids when they get their first shipment. Yes. And we can't wait to talk to y'all more about the process that we've been working on to make sure that this is an amazing thing for our students. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, Miss Halfaker. I think that we covered a lot today and we covered a lot, but this is probably the most powerful key to reading success. So, you know, if there's any questions anyone has, please feel free to email us at edudreamstation at gmail.com. And I'll put it in the um, comments at section at the bottom or in the bio. And we are all ears. If you have any suggestions for future podcasts, we would love to hear them. Absolutely. Thank y'all so much for joining in with us. And we can't wait to hear how you use what you've learned in your own classrooms.